0: Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit Coastal.edu and learn more about the Coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit
1: Coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's summer, and this year, everyone's looking for a reason to get out of the house. Well, here's a great one. The Honda Summer Clearance Event. Get APR financing as low as 0.9%, plus our lowest prices of the year on new 2019 and 2020 Hondas. Can't get out? We'll bring our dealership to you with CMA's Easy Purchase. Just visit cmacars.com and do the entire buying process online. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward on select models with approved credit through 831 20
0: Sports King show live on Sports 1061. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 1061.
2: Hey, good morning, everybody. Tuesday morning. Thank you for joining me. Facebook Live Sports 1061. Right off the bat, we want to thank our sponsors for which we cannot do our program. We want to thank the Nerve Company. Never underestimate radical vision. You can reach CEO Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado. Good morning, Denver, Colorado. You can go to www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. Graphics, website design, marketing plans, they do it all, and they do it at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. Are you in the market for a car? CMA Colonial Honda, they continue to keep lives moving forward. Go out and see for yourself. New cars, used cars, an amazing selection, which can be delivered directly to your door if you'd like them to. If you're worried about the COVID-19 and don't want to go out, and you find that you're in need of a car, call Tim Cosgrove and his outstanding staff. They will deliver it to your house, do the paperwork, and be in and out in under an hour. That's their pledge. They'll get it done for you. He has the best car-selling team in the country. They'll make it happen for you every time. That's CMA, Colonial Honda. Hey, how about our friend, Dr. Paul Ross? If you have a foot problem of any kind, Dr. Ross and his staff will get you on the road to recovery With offices in Springfield, Virginia, Bethesda, Maryland, join the over 240,000 people, of which I'm one, that have been seen by the best in the business, Dr. Paul Ross, and the Podiatry Center. The Sports King Show features the Ross Rules of Foot Care, heard here weekly to help those in need of foot care advice and assistance. And our great friend, Joe Moglia, and the Joe Moglia Report brought to you exclusively by our great friends at Coastal Carolina University. We love The Chanticleer is here on the Sports King Show. Listen to the current chairman of TD Ameritrade, who offers insight on life, finance, and sports, heard here weekly on the Sports King Show. It's the Joe Moglia Report. And to start off the show this morning, many people, me included, love when I can just come on the show and talk sports, sports, sports. But other aspects are overwhelming the sports world. It's at a point where you can't ignore what's happening outside of the sports world to the point where it is just getting beyond ridiculous. So to start the program off this morning, I will bring you the Royal Rant. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Royal Rant. What is on the mind of His Royal Highness? What sports figure? team or player has raised the ire of his majesty. Is it sports related or is there something else in the kingdom that has him ready to vent his displeasure without further ado, here is the sports King with the Royal Rat. Thank you very much, Mike Neville. And I wish I could just talk sports as I said earlier, but I can't. And the bottom line is this enough is enough Many people have told LeBron James or said to him, hey, just shut up and dribble. Shoot the basketball. Don't say anything. Last night, of course, the Lakers, we'll get into that uh, in a few minutes, but I want to talk about the shooting of Jacob Black, uh, Blake, rather, a black man who was shot by police on Sunday in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Blake, uh, as he tried to enter the driver's side door of his vehicle, officers were responding to a domestic disturbance Blake's father, also named Jacob Blake, told the Chicago Sun-Times that his son was shot eight times. Okay, so here's the deal. I have stood by and I've watched and I've listened and I've tried to take everything in. I'm trying to be objective. I have family members in law enforcement, police officers in the nation's capital. I admire them. I have an uncle that was shot running down after a suspect in an alleyway, he and his partner uh, in a robbery of a store. He was shot, returned fire, but he was shot as he was pursuing the person responsible. So I've seen all sides of it. I know there are great police officers that protect and serve every day. I also know there are bad seeds. There are bad members. And maybe I don't know if it's so much they're bad or not trained properly or just don't get it. But for whatever reason, when you take the 97 or 98% that are great officers out there doing it every day, that I tip my cap to because we can't live without law and order. We need that in our lives, but we need it to be done in a way that protects all people. And I'm not going to fix it here on my sports show today, but I want to say this to you. People have asked me my opinion, and they say, I want to hear, I want to hear. Well, I'm going to give it to you, and if you agree, you agree. If you don't, I understand. That's what makes us all unique. But here's a situation that has touched me to the point where you see a George Floyd, in my opinion, one of the most horrific things I've ever witnessed in my lifetime, a man murdered in cold blood in front of us. Now, you can say to yourself, and many people have, hey, you know, George Floyd may have been a bad guy. Maybe he had some brushes with the law. Maybe he did this. Maybe he did that. That's irrelevant, okay? No matter what the man did as a human being to see what happened to this man, it you know, brought me to tears. I, I, You can't even go where, from an emotional standpoint, what I witnessed, I, I just shook my head in such disbelief that nobody would come to the man's aid and to see what happened to him was beyond horrific. We know that. And those guys hopefully will be dealt with severely and harshly. Brianna Taylor, the young lady sleeping with her boyfriend, awakened by police officers to come into the wrong house while the person they were actually looking for was under arrest. And when they try to defend themselves, gunshots rang out and she's murdered. An EMT, a beautiful woman, for no reason. And then I see the video yesterday, Jacob Blake, I don't care if Jacob Blake's a bad guy. The only thing warranting any type of shooting type situation, if it's a guy who grabs a gun and turns around, and starts shooting and you return fire, I understand life threatening situations. Now I want to preface this by saying for anybody in the law enforcement side of things, I don't know if he was a good guy or a bad guy. I don't know that. I don't know when he opened this car door. If you reached in and grabbed something that they saw a shiny object and maybe he had a gun or maybe he didn't. Bottom line is, I don't know that. I don't know if he reached in quickly, grabbed a gun, or maybe said, hey, guys, I'm going to shoot you. I'm reaching in here for a gun. And that is what elicited them shooting him. But I do know this. Blake's father, also named Jacob Blake, told the Chicago Sun-Times that his son was shot eight times in the back. This is where I see things and say, come on, man. Isn't there a way to tase a guy? <clears throat> Isn't there a way to subdue a guy? Isn't there training <clears throat> excuse me, to do something better in terms of getting a guy to the ground and putting cuffs on him and doing something to stop the threat if you feel there's a threat? What I witnessed was a shooting from behind. And I just didn't see where the man had the opportunity to reach in and grab something. Once again, I wasn't there, so I can't speak to that. I'm just saying just from what I saw, this is what I'm coming up with as far as my take. But a man getting shot eight times in the back who is now paralyzed below the waist, doctors do not know if the paralysis will be permanent. The video of the incident was taken from a window across the street, was distributed on social media and shared by Blake's attorney, Ben Krupp. You may have seen it. You may not have. But what I'm wondering, and while I'm ranting this morning, is this. And the violence, of course, in Wisconsin has happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, overnight Was is expected. You know, this has to stop. There has to be either a national training situation where people that don't get it or trained properly or something has to be done with a uniform approach to training to where these things can't happen. And I know if you're on the law enforcement side, I have family and friends in law enforcement. I understand where you're coming from. And I'm not trying to put everybody and paint everybody in a circle and say, hey, it's all police. It's not police. I understand this. So if you're a law enforcement official or a person in law enforcement, I have the utmost respect for you and the job you do every day, putting your life on the line to protect me and our fellow citizens. So this is not directed at you that are doing it right. It's the renegades out there and the guys that aren't doing what they've been trained to do or maybe they haven't been trained properly. I don't know where the disconnect is. I do know this. There's some major problems right now. And while I hate seeing cities burn and I see the divide in people and the hatred, and I understand when a LeBron James comes up to to the podium after a game, And says, you know, I know people get tired of hearing me say this, but we are scared as black people in America. He said this, instead of talking about his great performance in a game, he's talking about this immediately following the game four win over the Portland Trailblazers, which we'll get to in a few minutes. He said, black men, black women, black kids, we are terrified. Now I can't speak to being black. I can't do that. I'm a human being though. And what's wrong is wrong. If it was, Caucasians, it's still wrong. It doesn't matter. But in this case, it's affecting a group of people. And instead of a man enjoying a highlight in his game a performance afterwards, he's talking about something so horrific. So this is not an isolated thing. We need to get control of this from a national perspective and have either a unified national training situation where state by state everything is adopted to where here's what you do to shoot. Here's what you do not to. And I know many states do it and do it right, but there's some that don't. And why this is happening and you see the way it happened where he trailed the man, he opened the door and immediately started shooting. I don't know what was said. I don't know if there's something grabbed, but I do know he was shot from behind and that's so disturbing to me. So I don't know all the details. So On one hand, I apologize because I don't know the details and I can understand if you say, hey, you don't know the details, you're not speaking that. But what I saw was enough to say something's wrong here and we need to fix this. And it bothers me when a sector of the world and the African-American population is screaming out saying, hey, we're scared, we're terrified. You know, I don't want my kids, my grandchildren, my family to be terrified. I don't want any people to be objectified and terrified. This has got to stop. It's too much. Now I'd love to just talk sports. That's what I do. That's what I love. But I'm also a human being and I hate to see people hurting. And it's an emotional time for me because this is not something that just happens once in a blue moon. This is happening more and more. And the thing that scares me and worries me and terrifies me the most is When you saw what happened to George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and you see the ramifications from the burning of the cities and the looting and the uh, total strife in the people rioting and protesting, when you see all this and you say, you know what, as an officer, I would say to myself, hmm, maybe I shouldn't do it that way. Maybe I should be more thoughtful in how I apprehend somebody. Maybe we should have these open discussions as law enforcement Officials, and I know a lot of departments have, this has definitely helped a lot of law enforcement folks talk more about how to do things right procedural aspect wise, but some departments aren't discussing this or aren't going about it the right way. This should be a topic in every uh, police department nationwide every day. Hey guys, remember before you go out, this is how we apprehend. This is how we approach. This is what happens. Now, don't get me wrong. When you have a gun turned on you in certain situations, there are no other ways to deal with things. And I understand that. And not being a law enforcement officer, you know, not being on the other end of somebody shooting at you, that's a different situation. But I'm saying in these other situations, when you have somebody in handcuffs, from what I've talked to law enforcement officers, they feel the threat is done. When you have handcuffs on you, you're in the back of the car. Like a George Floyd, that situation was done. The man was not going anywhere. He didn't need three people to try to stop this guy. Put him in the vehicle and move forward with your day and let everybody move forward. So this is a situation, and I'm sorry to start the show this way, but I do want to address this and say that, yes, I get it. Yes, I understand. and Yes, what's wrong is wrong. So I just want you to know, for the 97 98% of law enforcement that does it right, I applaud you, and please continue to protect and serve, and I have the utmost respect for all of you. For those 1% to 2%, maybe 3% nationally that don't, we got to get this right. We can't let this happen. This is happening too often, and it's disrupting the nation. It's pulling us apart when we need to come together. So that's it. That's my royal rant today, and I just hope for a better unified effort and that we come together. And we get better training, and we understand these things just can't continue to occur because it is definitely to the detriment of us as a country, and where we're trying to come together is just pulling us apart. So that's going to wrap up the Royal Rant. I do want to turn to the NBA, and on a happier note, much happier, the NBA scoreboard from yesterday, we had a lot of action, some exciting things. The Milwaukee Bucks, who I have predicted, will win the NBA championship. Uh, Giannis, uh, of course, 31 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists, almost a triple-double. The Bucks win 121-106 and lead the series three games to one in the East. I have predicted they'll win it all. This is another effort here that I think is going to propel them, hopefully, towards the championship. But they are getting better and better and better. Elsewhere, the Thunder and the Rockets. Of course, this one, 117-114. Don't look now, but the Thunder have returned uh, and basically taken a uh, situation that looked dismal, and now they've tied the series at two games apiece. James Harden, 32 points. Dennis Schrader, 30 points for OKC. In this game, Chris Paul, here is a listen to when he gave the Thunder the lead on a shot.
0: To finish this one off. Chris Paul, mid-range jumper.
2: So Chris Paul, red hot and leading the Thunder to that win, 117-114, tying the series two games apiece. Afterwards, Chris Paul talked about the Thunder overcoming adversity.
1: I, I think our team all season has dealt with adversity really, really good. Um, we just tried to you know, keep playing, keep fighting, and uh, stayed in the game.
2: Got to stay together, and they're doing well. Game, uh, of course, four tied the series two games apiece, 117-114, and the Rockets let one slip away. Elsewhere, it was the Heat, 99, the Pacers, 87. In a series, I thought would be a lot tighter. Victor Aladibo scored 25 points, eight rebounds for the loss in terms of the loss for Indiana. Uh, and you look at uh, Bam Adebayo. He had 14 points, 19 rebounds. Big day for him as the Heat win 99-87 in this uh, series, which is now over four games to nothing. Impressive, Eric Spolster and company moving on to the second round after sweeping the Pacers. Uh, it was the Heat, Jimmy Butler, who had a shoulder injury, disgusted after the game.
0: I mean, my shoulder was hurting a little bit after the last game. Uh, it was
3: hurt before the game, but as I was warming up, I was like, maybe it'll loosen up and maybe I'll be able to uh, play at 100% or whatever it was. Wasn't the case, went to the back. Did a little bit of work, and then um
0: we decided, you know what, we're going to go out there and we're going to just lock in on defense.
2: And they did. They win the series four games to nothing in the first round. So the Heat uh, quietly making moves here. Jimmy Butler, they cannot do without him. So hopefully shoulder injury will be repaired. Of course, the birthday of Kobe Bryant, uh, some special things happening last night. The Lake Show defeat the Trailblazers, going up three games to one. Everybody was doing things in honor of Kobe, of course, with his birthday. Of course, the two numbers he wore, 24-8, it was a point in the first quarter where the Lakers got out, first of all, to a 10-0 lead. Then it was 24-8 at one point, a special time. LeBron afterward, after the 135-115 win, talked about the 24-8 early score and the feeling about the late great Kobe Bryant.
3: His day of 824 to be able to have a game on this day, um, the stars aligned. Um, I did notice the, that we were up 24 to 8 because I'm
2: always trying to figure out what's going on throughout the course of the game. I'm always looking if we're up, if we're down, what's the team files and all of that nature. And when I looked up there and seen 24 to 8, I was like, okay,
3: this is—he's um, uh, here in the building.
2: He was in the building. You could feel his presence as the Lake show win 135-115. Now think about this. On 8-24, yesterday's date, the Lakers paying homage to the late, great Kobe Bryant are up 24-8 on that special day. They go on to win 135-115. And many people are saying, hey, it's the Lakers that you better look at in terms of winning it all. And I'm not discounting the Lakers. I said Lakers and Bucks would be in the finals, but I still feel the Bucks. We'll find a way. However, you cannot discount this Laker team because they are playing better than I expected. They're getting some help from some sources we didn't expect. Their backcourt, of course, was what I was worried about the most. Of course, LeBron James finishes the night with 30 points, 10 of 12 field goals, 28 minutes, four or five from three. He hit a three-pointer from just inside half court, let it fly, nothing but net. I'm telling you, unlimited range for these guys. They're getting just past half court. If they have an opening, they're going to take the shot. Unbelievable. Anthony Davis, 18 points in this one. Danny Green, 14. Uh, Caldwell Pope had 12. Off the bench, Kyle Kuzma with 18. Uh, Dwight Howard finished with 13. They're getting great support now from the bench. You have to understand the big concern with them was the guard play, and they've they're getting adequate guard play. If they can get adequate to, to better guard play throughout the rest of the the series, they have as good a chance as anybody to win it all. Of course, LeBron James on a mission and these Lakers playing so well, 52 and 19 are the Lakers, 27 and nine away. And the sad part was immediately following the game. Instead of LeBron talking about his 30 point performance and going up in this series, three games, the one it immediately was about shooting victim, Jacob Blake. And we talked about that earlier, but That's where I was like, man, this is a shame. The man in the team cannot even enjoy this for a few minutes. Immediately, it goes to the strife in the country. And that's why, you know, we were talking about it today. But the Lakers with a very impressive performance, great bench play, and they're really looking good to start things off in terms of last night. Three to one, they now lead this series. And for all intents and purposes, I thought the Blazers would be there to the end. But Damian Lillard went off with an injury, and I think that that's going to be probably their death knell. I don't know if he'll be back for another game or not. We're going to have to kind of look at that. But he went off the court and looked like a lower leg injury there for Damian Lillard. would like to come back with your phone call on this Tuesday morning. Give us a call at 804-327-0888. Going to take a timeout. We'll be right back with more Sports King on Sports one zero six one.
1: Hi, this is Chris Mooney of the Richmond Spiders. You're listening to Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1.
2: Hi, sports fans. It's the Sports King for the podiatry center of renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft cast, hard casts. I was in pain, and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally, and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com.
0: You're listening to the man who thinks that Velcro is nothing more than a ripoff. The Sports King on Sports 106.1.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Tuesday morning, Sports King. Thank you for joining us from around the country and Central Virginia. Facebook Live, Sports 1061. Please give us a call, 804-327-0888 is the number, 804-327-0888 is the number. Ben Maitland in headquarters. Kim alongside. I wonder how many times he says, hit this button, don't hit that button. Now she's got it down. She knows what she's doing. He gave me a glowing report, and we welcome Kim to Sports 1061. I want to tell you right now, Ben let me know this during the break, uh, some breaking news out of Cleveland. uh, Cleveland Browns rookie safety Grant Delpit. Of course, uh, LSU, he is a talented guy, tore his Achilles tendon today. He will undergo surgery. The team announced Tuesday and expected to miss the entire 2020 season. So if you're looking at Delpit and we're counting on him for the Browns, that's a major blow. He was carted off the practice field, making him the latest Cleveland player to go down in what has been a tough training camp so far. The second-round pick from the national champion, the LSU Tigers, Delpit was competing for a starting job. The 6'2", 213-pounder suffered the non-contact injury during warm-ups and pounded the ground in frustration before taking, being taken inside the team's facility. Minutes after Del Pitt got hurt, cornerback Greedy Williams left the field accompanied by athletic trainers after a tackling drill. Williams has a shoulder injury. Williams and Delpit were college teammates, so two LSU Tigers injured on the same situation on this Tuesday. And in terms of a practice, uh, we have not heard yet from LSU coach at Ogeron this morning. Of course, we always love hearing from Coach. I know he'd be fired up about this because two of his players that he counted on to win a national championship are now on the shelf right now. Hopefully, they'll both be back. Of course, Delpit will be out for the year. Williams, we hope, returns quickly. They definitely need him in Cleveland. Since camp opened, the Browns have endured several injuries, most notably to starting linebacker Mac Wilson who suffered a hyperextended knee. A league source told ESPN Saturday that though the Browns are still waiting for the swelling to go down on Wilson's injured knee, surgery is looking less likely, an encouraging sign for his recovery. Coach Kevin Stefanski said Monday that he didn't have an update on Wilson's status just yet. Cornerback Kevin Johnson suffered a lacerated liver when rookie tight end Harrison Bryant fell on his abdomen Wednesday Johnson, a projected to start at nickelback, was released from the hospital on Saturday. Browns Pro Bowl running back Nick Chubb entered the concussion protocol on the first day of pads last week, but has since returned. Starting center J.C. Tredder has yet to practice because of knee injuries. So, Cleveland fans, just when you think things are starting to look good, you have a rash of injuries, a serious situation there with Delpit, a guy they were definitely counting on in terms of them taking the next step this year under new coach Kevin Stefanski. So we'll monitor all of what's happening there. Out of the desert, the Arizona Cardinals are making two-time Pro Bowl selection Buda Baker, the highest paid safety in the NFL so far in NFL history, giving him a four-year, $59 million contract extension. The deal will average $14.75 million per year. Buddha Baker is going to get paid now, folks. Baker, 24 years of age, recorded 147 tackles last season. His is four since being selected in the second round of the 2017 draft out of Washington. He led the NFL with 104 solo tackles. What's your take on the NFL? 804-327-0888. 804-327-0888. What about your team? What do you think? How's it looking for your team? I do know this. News out of Las Vegas, uh, in terms of the Las Vegas Raiders, wide receiver Terrell Williams has a torn labrum. He suffered the labrum in his shoulder, will try to play through the injury after rehabbing it. According to sources, Williams, 28, has been noticeably absent in recent practices, including Friday at the team's new Allegiant Stadium, where the Raiders held... Their first scrimmage, the Raiders drafted a pair of receivers and number 12 overall pick Henry Ruggs the third out of Alabama and Bryant Edwards in the third round. Both have been impressive with Edwards getting a lot of first-team reps in training camp. Free agent signee Nelson Aguilar has also flashed along with returners Zay Jones and slot receiver Hunter Renfro. He of Clemson fame. Of course, he caught the winning touchdown from Deshaun Watson against Alabama in the national championship game. Who can forget that? Williams signed a four-year, $44 million free agent contract with a max value of $47 million and $22 million guaranteed last year. He got off to a hot start last season with uh, touchdown catches in each of his first five games with the Raiders, but plantar fasciitis slowed him significantly. He needs to go see Dr. Paul Ross. Shameless plug. And he missed two games with the issue. His 42 catches and 651 receiving yards were the second fewest of his career, respectively. Still, he said his feet were no longer an issue at the start of camp. He said, I feel 100% on August 12th. I'm excited. I feel fast. I feel back to myself. So glad to feel that way. Finally kind of passed all of that. Plus, there was the Antonio Brown misadventure, which cast a shadow over the receiver group all of last season. As a group, we really haven't had an identity with a lot of stuff going on. We just had a lot of people coming and going, different stuff like that. So now I think we've got a real good core group, some good young guys, guys we have coming back. I think we just kind of get together, really know what our roles are. I think they will help us a lot as a unit to be able to play better together and play knowing what everyone is doing, where everybody's at, so it will be a big help. Williams' base salary of $11 million for 2020 was guaranteed for injury only at signing, but it became fully guaranteed on the third day of the start of the 2020 league year, which uh, started in February. The NFL Network first reported on the injury. So guys are getting banged up. The big situation in baseball, of course, I'm worried about the arms, and we've uh, went over it yesterday in terms of pitchers having some real issues in terms of their arm aspects, uh, overuse early on, things like that. Now with football, I'm worried about these guys coming back without a lot of contact, the fact that their knees and legs and ankles, definitely going to keep an eye on those situations. want to let you know that the ex-Seahawks rookie Kama Silverland to apologize, finally came out of the woodwork to apologize to the Seattle Seahawks. He was the young man, the undrafted free agent. Remember, he was waived earlier this month after he was caught trying to sneak a woman into the team's hotel. So you're telling me I'm an undrafted rookie out of Oklahoma State. So you were serious about no contact from the outside. Oh oh you were serious about not trying to sneak a woman into the hotel. Uh, Put some Seahawks gear on her and get her in the building. You're not okay with it. Okay. Anyway, so he tried to throw a fastball by Pete Carroll. It did not work. He was caught and quickly terminated contract. So just a little bit of advice for you. If you have to be listening and you're an undrafted free agent rookie trying to make a team, not a good idea to bring a woman from the outside amidst a pandemic into your building, never a good look. So he went on to say, after taking time to reflect and really consider the seriousness of my actions, I have tried to find the appropriate words to apologize to all those affected by my poor decision and immaturity. Silverin's apology read, I've privately apologized to coach Pete Carroll, general manager, John Schneider and the Seahawks organization. I violated team rules which would have been unacceptable in normal times, you think, but absolutely inexcusable now during a pandemic. Once again, unbelievable. I understand my lapse in judgment put my teammates and the organization at risk. Thankfully, no one else was affected, or in this case, infected by my actions. Silveran, an undrafted free agent rookie out of Oklahoma State, posted the apology to Twitter and, according to a source, sent a handwritten note to the Seahawks. It marked the first public comment since the incident early in training camp a source confirmed that the woman Severan was trying to sneak into the team hotel was seen on camera wearing Seahawks gear in an attempt to disguise herself as a player. Pete Carroll's number one rule is, quote, always protect the team. The Seahawks waived Severan on August 12th. He went on to say, I want to thank, I want everyone to know that I'm truly sorry, hold myself accountable, and I'm ready to move forward. I want to make sure this one mistake will not define me. I will continue training harder than ever pursuing my dream of playing in the National Football League. Silverman also wrote in his tweet, I made a mistake, let people down. I'm truly sorry. Thank you to everyone that reached out to offer support. You received a $2,000 signing bonus from Seattle. That was tied for the third smallest bonus amount the Seahawks' 17 undrafted free agents received. So a situation here where you wonder uh, what team would give this guy another chance because first thing they're going to say is, you know, what's your what's your thought process? What are you doing here? You know you're bringing people into a building, you're trying to make a team? Are you more concerned this is from a coach, the coach and me basically are you more concerned with uh having your love life and whatever things you want to do outside the building? Or are you interested in coming here and making this football team, putting your nose in a playbook, doing everything you have to do to help us win ball games That stuff and don't get me wrong, believe it or not, the sports team was once young. I know it's hard to hard to imagine, but I was once young, so I understand. Uh, these young guys have libidos. They want to get out there and they want to be among the fairer sex. They want to get out there and enjoy all the things that all the trappings that they have. And understandably, so they're young guys. We're not trying to downgrade them on that. However, there's a time and a place this guy Evidently felt in, like I say, bonehead move of the year for me because you're sitting there looking at a situation in normal times. We remember back in the old days, Sonny Jergensen and those guys would sneak out of the hotels back in the old days, go out and have a few beverages, come back and sometimes get caught, sometimes not. They have to pay a fine. But to bring somebody in the building in normal times is one thing. Amidst a pandemic, when you know that anybody that comes from outside in could cause a whole team to go through a wildfire situation with a pandemic. One of the worst mistakes ever. It's not a mistake. It was very dangerous in what he did, and it ended up costing him potentially his career. We're going to have to wait and see how it all shakes out for him. But I don't see a lot of teams uh, looking to sign an undrafted free agent that uh, doesn't seem to get the value in terms of what is at stake, in terms of being careful, being smart. Uh, Finally, here rounding out the NFL news, uh, A.J. uh, Shipley, the center, is reuniting with uh, Coach Bruce Arians back in Tampa, or should we say Tampa Bay. Uh, The Buccaneers, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, two sides have reached an agreement pending a physical when protocol allows. Shipley played for Bruce Arians from 2013 to 2017 when Arians was the Arizona Cardinals head coach. He's a veteran of 11 NFL seasons. Shipley helped anchor an offensive line that led the Cardinals to their best rushing season in franchise history, averaging 5.3 yards per carry. 5.03 yards per carry in 2019, the Bucks are set with Ryan Jensen as a starting center, but Shipley will provide valuable depth and experience should there be an injury. Plus you could probably move him over to the guard if you had to if there was another injury, but you have to protect Tom Brady in that offense you have to make sure he's protected at all times. Shipley 34 has developed a reputation for being a tough in the trenches despite being perceived as undersized, undersized for a center, 6 foot 1, 307 pounder. You have to understand 6 foot 1, 307 pounds undersized, unbelievable. But he's coming off an ACL injury that caused him to miss the entire 2018 season. He signed a one year extension with the Cardinals for $1.9 million and played in all 16 games in 2019. So you need a guy like this. Six foot one, 307 pounds, not that undersized to me. You look at the guys like Jeff Bostick in the past, the guy that was undersized in that Hogs offensive line, but he did one heck of a job for that offensive line in Washington. So that's a look at some of the signings, some of the comings and goings. We'd love to talk college football, pro football, all sports of all sorts. Give us a call, 804-327-0888. We're going to take a timeout, come back with more Hour 1 of the Sports King.
1: Hi, this is Vince Papali, whose life was featured in the movie Invincible. You're listening to another guy who is invincible as well. The Sports King, Jamie King, on Sports 1061. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's summer, and this year especially, everyone is looking for a reason to get out of the house. Well, here's a great one, the Honda Summer Clearance Event. Right now, get APR financing as low as 0.9%, plus our lowest prices of the year on remaining new 2019 and 2020 Hondas. And if you can't or don't want to come to our dealership, no problem. We'll bring our dealership to you with CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. Just visit cmacars.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and tell us where you want your car delivered. Do as much or as little of the buying process as you want. It's entirely up to you. If you'd like to do it all online and you're not sure about something, give us a call and we'll walk you through it. If you have any questions, we're always here to help. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. On select models with approved credit through 831-2020.
0: The Sports King studio line is now open. If you got a sports question, thoughts on your mind about your favorite team, we'd love to hear from you at 804-327-0888. That's
2: 804-327-0888. And welcome back. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. On the Sports King show, we welcome your phone calls. 804-327-0888. Going to get into the NFL a little bit more. Denver Broncos head coach Vic Fangio said, quote, I don't give a damn about fan attendance and the inconsistency of the fans. Some coaches have taken a complaining about the NFL's decision to let state and local authorities dictate whether and how many fans can attend games this season as opposed to instituting uniformity, which I think they should do, essentially saying no team can have fans in the stands. Others could give a hoot about any perceived Unfairness. As I said, Vic Fangio doesn't give a damn. He said about this, uh, we can play in a half-empty stadium, half-full stadium, a third-full, home or away. We're happy. This shows progress with the COVID. Otherwise, I personally don't care. Other than that, I would like to see fans. Of course, there's other sides of the coin, like Sean McDermott of the Bills and the Vikings' Mike Zimmer, who have grumbled about it being a, quote, ridiculous disadvantage that fans can be at some stadiums and not at others. What's your take? 804-327-0888. There is a decided advantage. Of course, they're going to pipe crowd noise in. We know that. But you wonder about this. And, of course, the Dolphins came out and said, we're going to have 13,000 or so fans at our stadium scattered around. Now, if you have 13,000 fans live watching a game, you have something. You have a little bit of a fan base. It's going to look very little in a 70 to 80,000-seat arena. Don't get me wrong. But when you look at it, the Kansas City Chiefs are planning for 22% capacity, roughly 16,800 people. Dolphins, once again, 13,000. Jacksonville Jaguars say 25% capacity. And the Dallas Cowboys are planning to limit capacity, but haven't stated their exact figures after stating earlier they may not have fans at all. One thing to remember is that at least 25% of coaching is winning and are uh, whining, rather, complaining. 25% of the coaches are whining, complaining, and drumming up perceived slights where little exists, trying to get some gamesmanship here, trying to talk about things that could be factors. Because how would you feel about it if you're a coach going into a stadium and there's 15,000 fans, but your stadium has no fans, there is an advantage there, albeit maybe not as big, as some are making it out to be. But the understandable aspect of this is some fans feel it should be uniform. My take on this, much like college football, who doesn't have a commissioner currently, who should have a commissioner, I've gone on record talking about that, Roger Goodell is a commissioner. And I believe uniformity is the key here. I think one size should fit all. I know this is a brand-new deal. I know everybody is facing this for the first time. These are uncertain times. These are brand new times in terms of the NFL, the first year ever dealing with a pandemic. So, wouldn't it be fair and uniform to say maybe an edict from a Roger Goodell? Every team won't be allowed a minimum of 13,000 or 15,000 fans, period, across the board, and we'll do it safely. I would much prefer that. Then have somebody say, well, you know, this team can, this team can't. MetLife Stadium, of course, the Giants and the G-Men have said no can do, no fans. The Washington Redskins team, formerly Redskins, now Washington football team, says no fans. You've got uh, Eagles at Lincoln Financial, no fans. These are rabid fan bases that are now being wiped out because the ownerships have said of these teams, we're not going to do it, which is understandable. But the deal to me is what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Let's go all in together or not go at all. This is called a league for a purpose. It's not a club here and a club there. It's a league of teams under one shield that should be moving uniformly together forward. In this case, it's like, Hey, uh, you pick what you want. You do what you want. You do what you want. We'll meet somewhere in the middle, hope for the best, and throw it up, and hopefully we have success with it. Now, I do know that state and local officials are a big part of this. Some say, yes, it's okay. Some say, no, it's not. But should the ones that can't do it be penalized because they can't? Because maybe the Giants or the Jets have met life want fans, but because of the local and state officials saying, no, you can't, They're unable to do so. I just think that the commissioners should say, so nobody has a decided advantage in terms of fans. We're either all going to have X amount of fans and move forward, or we're not going to have any at all. Don't do this because you have your favorite team. You'll be saying, hey, look at my team. We don't have anybody in the stands, but next week we're going to play somebody who has 16,000 in their stands. It's a competitive imbalance to me. What's your take? 804-327-0888. Do you feel that your team, if it's able to have fans, should have fans? Do you feel it's fair to other teams that can't have fans? That's the question I have, is the parity and the fairness of the situation. Some people may say, well, it doesn't matter at all. It was Lou Holtz, of course, the great Notre Dame coach, who said to his team before going out against a packed crowd in a sold-out arena, remember, Nobody in the stands has any weapons. They're unarmed. Don't worry about it. So he always tried to get an advantage wherever he could. But the situation nonetheless is this. Some teams have decided advantages with fans in the stands because you play to the fans. You want the fans to be excited. When you have nobody there, it is what it is. 804-327-0888. Now, going back down to Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers, the word out of Tampa Bay... Is that a fellow tight end to Rob Gronkowski? OJ Howard is really standing out. He's a super athletic first round tight end. He's been the star of the camp so far, making highlight reel catches, impressing reporters, teammates, and coaches alike. During his first three seasons, Howard didn't live up to his pre draft billing coming out of Alabama. He compiled just 1,456 total yards and 12 touchdowns in three seasons. He suffered from bouts of inconsistent play and has dealt with injuries. But don't look now. This offseason, the Buccaneers went out and got some quarterback. What's the guy's name again? Oh, Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. He of six world titles and his favorite target, Rob Gronkowski. And when you get that happening, and then you've got Gronkowski mentoring Howard. All of a sudden, he is now going in full bloom. He said, we've got a room of talent, mismatches, guys all over the board, Howard said. I think Coach Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, are going to do a great job of just putting us in position to make plays. The Bucs are expected to run plenty of 12 personnel. Remember this, one running back, two tight ends. That's your 12 personnel this season with a combination of Howard, Gronkowski, Cameron Brait, particularly in the red zone area. Uh, of course, this is what I've been talking about uh, with Howard. When they go to two tight end sets, you got Howard and Gronkowski. And when they're together, uh, as Howard said, this is a huge mismatch. It's going to be hard for guys to cover us up when we're on the field together. It's just hard to stop that. It's going to open up a lot of things for everyone. And I think this could be real fun. Well, not only real fun, folks, but I have gone on record saying on this program, if you are a fantasy football player, you're looking for that offense, my opinion, and write this down because I said it here, that this will be the highest-scoring offense in the red zone, in my opinion, in the NFL. The reason is the work they're putting in now, you've got, of course, XYZ across the board. When you look at your receiving core, Mike Evans to the left, you got O.J. Howard or Gronkowski and then Chris Godwin. So you got those three guys. Now, let's say you take a Godwin out down near the goal line and you put an XYZ or an H-back or move them around the 12 personnel And you want to have Gronkowski and Howard there with a guy. You've got three guys that are monsters. I mean, monsters. So as a defense, you got to say to yourself, what are we going to do? We can't mug them off the line because they're just too big and physical. They're going to get around you. They're going to move downfield. So if you bracket Gronkowski, in this case, you would leave either Evans singled up or maybe Howard singled up. You've got issues. You can shade guys over. In defensive backfield, you can shade guys over all you want, but you got to worry about the seam throws, you got to worry about over top throws, you got to worry about these guys' jumping ability. These guys think about the Gronkowski and Howard situation down low with Mike Evans. If they get anything in the end zone, if they get a defensive back behind them, it's almost like boxing out in basketball. These guys can go up and make plays. So, when I say to you, let's say we run three seam patterns, if you're in this situation, let's say we go no Godwin. Let's say we go with Evans, Gronkowski, and Howard. Those are our receivers on this particular play. Let's say they go downfield in a, in a basic fly pattern situation. They're going seam right down the middle. Okay, let's say they drag everybody down and the linebackers drop back in coverage. Then you've got Shady McCoy out of the backfield, who is a great receiving running back. He's a guy that can catch the ball. He could get 15 yards down to the goal line in the 5 yard area every time. I mean, these are the kind of problems from a defensive standpoint. What do you do? Do you bracket? Do you play man on man? You play man on man. You're dead with Brady in this situation in the red zone. You're in, you're in deep, deep trouble. So that's what I'm saying. Fantasy fans, mark it down. I gave you the answer to the test. It's going to be the Buccaneers. I feel the highest scoring red zone offense this year, That's my prediction because they are really working hard and we're hearing great things out of Tampa. So that's going to wrap up Hour 1. We're going to come back with your phone calls, talk some college football, talk about the NHL, and talk about Major League Baseball. All that on the way, of course, as we get ready to end Hour 1. We thank you so much for joining us, Facebook Live, Sports 1061. And, of course... Right off the bat, we talked about the NBA and, of course, all the situation going on regarding the shooting of Jacob Blake. A very sad situation, very troubling situation for our country. We hope the cooler heads prevail that we can find out what happened and resolve these things so they don't ever happen again. It just has to stop. And we are praying that it does. Also want to let you know, of course, coming up, baseball, some more baseball. We'll take your calls about the NFL, your favorite college teams as well, as we start our number two. And I cannot wait to get back after the break to talk some Major League Baseball as well. We've got a big show for you as we continue the Tuesday edition of the Sports King show. Of course, Ben Maitland came alongside and headquarters. We thank all of you as well. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 106.1. Hi, everybody. It's Joe
0: Moglia, the former head football coach of Coastal Carolina, as well as the chairman of the board of TD Ameritrade. You're listening to my friend Jamie King on the Sports King Show on Sports 1061.
1: Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's summer, and this year, everyone's looking for a reason to get out of the house. Well, here's a great one. The Honda Summer Clearance Event. Get APR financing as low as 0.9%, plus our lowest prices of the year on new 2019 and 2020 Hondas. Can't get out? We'll bring our dealership to you with CMA's Easy Purchase. Just visit cmacars.com and do the entire buying process online. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward on select models with approved credit through 831
0: You're listening to the guy that was once addicted to brake fluid. But please don't worry, he says he can stop at any time. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061.
2: And welcome back Sports King, Facebook Live, Sports 1061. We thank you for joining me on this show today. As we go through the NFL, before we head to Major League Baseball, I want to let you know the New England Patriots, people have been asking me about the Patriots and what do I think the problem is going to be this year for them. Do I think they'll be as great as they've always been? Of course, no, because you lose Tom Brady, you lose a lot of key players there. Of course, the arrogance of Bill Belichick, you think he thinks they're going to be just fine, and they may just be fine. They have won, uh, of course, the AFC East for 11 straight seasons from 2009 to 2019. So what's not to like if you're a New England fan? I do want to let you know the bugaboo for me is the defense. This is what it's going to look like right now as far as a depth chart for the New England Patriots. At left end, you've got Lawrence Guy. At defensive tackle, Adam Butler. Right end, you've got John Simon. Linebacker, Brandon Copeland. Linebacker, Jawan Bentley. Linebacker Cash Malowia, Linebacker Chase Winovich from Michigan. He's improving. Right cornerback, Stephon Gilmore. Left cornerback, Jason McCourty. Safety, Adrian Phillips. The other safety, the other half of the, the McCourty boys, Devin McCourty. So that's your starting defense. So to me, it looks like it could be a lot of trouble on the defensive side of the football. Offensively, They've got Nikhil Harry. I'm really high on him as a wide receiver. He's really coming into his own. Left tackle Isaiah Wynn, left guard Joe Thune, center David Andrews, right guard Shaq Mason, right tackle Corey Cunningham, tight end Ryan Izzo, wide receiver Julian Edelman, and the starting quarterback. Right now, they said Brian Hoyer has been looking the best in practice, but they have him listed as a second teamer. They have Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham. From Auburn, splitting reps right now as first-team reps. We'll see how that battle shakes out. But there'll be no preseason game to figure out who's going to be your starter. So somebody's just going to have to say, based on the film we have in practice, this is the guy we're going to go with in Week 1. Running back Sonny Michelle, Rex Burkhead backs him up, and also James White and Jacob Johnson behind him. So offensively, I think they're going to be fine. They'll be able to score points. They'll be able to stay in games on the offensive side. It's the defense right now, for me, the key losses that they've had. I just don't know if you overcome that defensively because, don't get me wrong, Belichick's going to have schemes. He's going to try to mix and match. He's going to try to disguise as much as he can, but you cannot cover up but so much from a defensive standpoint. You have to look at your talent level and players make plays, and if you don't have the players, you know, it's just a matter of a situation where you go through. Uh, it's not X's and O's. It's more than ever, Johnny's and Joe's. So you got to have the right Johnny's and the right Joe's. And right now, for me, the Patriots have several guys in that defensive uh, aspect, to me, that couldn't play dead in the Western. I just don't think they're very good. But Belichick's going to try to make them look good and try to disguise the guys that can't play well and try to put guys around them that can't. And while the guys that aren't that talented may be okay, is okay enough in New England to get by, I just don't know with the teams like the Buffalo Bills breathing down your neck, it's going to be a tough situation in terms of the overall look of this New England Patriot defense. That's the situation there. And, of course, uh, you hear all kinds of things out of Washington. One of the things they have on their website is – we're still under construction over the next few weeks. You may still see dated verbiage and logos across the website. We are working diligently on transitioning everything to our new brand new to our brand new look overall so that we can celebrate the new era of the Washington football team. Thank you for your patience. Whew, I just don't know. I mean, this situation, I uh, don't know how much longer they're going to go without a name, but maybe for the foreseeable future, maybe it's this year. The quarterback situation... You've got Kyle Allen. He's trying to make an impression. Of course, he knows the offense like the back of his hand. Of course, Alex Smith is trying to move up the depth chart, and hopefully win a job. Uh, of course, coming back off injury and in Dwayne Haskins Jr., many people feel he'll be the guy that'll start this season. But I can tell you this much. If Haskins Jr. starts the year and falters, I don't think the leash is going to be very long. I think basically he's going to have a very short uh situation in terms of whether or not he can impress Ron Rivera if he gets off to o two o three type situation, I could see Rivera pulling the plug on it quickly, so he's been looking good, he's lost weight, feeling better, so we hope for his sake that he'll come out firing in game one and not take a long time to get his legs under. But you wonder because of the situation with no preseason games, how the young quarterback is going to respond That's something we don't know. We're certainly hoping for the best, but we don't know overall how long it's going to take him to really get in stride with no preseason games to speak of. We're going to send it back to Sports King headquarters. Our good friend Ben Maitland has the scoreboard from yesterday and last night, and take it away, Ben.
3: Yeah, Jamie, good morning to you. Uh, As I bring the scoreboard up, for last night, for Monday, August 24th, not every team in action, of course, last night on the diamond. Uh, The Braves, of course, out of action last night. The Yankees also out of action. They will be picking things up uh, tonight, starting a two-game series down at Truist Park in Atlanta, Braves and Yankees. Of course, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I know we talked about Aaron Judge likely getting back in the lineup. Have not seen that definitively yet this morning. Uh, But looking at last night's action on the diamond, uh, Blue Jays and Rays and AL East matchup. Jays getting the better of Tampa last night, 6-4. The Nationals... Falling to the Marlins, a high-scoring game, a lot of hits, a lot of runs scored in that game at Washington or at um, at Nationals Park last night. Marlins getting the better of the Nationals, 11-8 in that contest. Nationals now eleven and fifteen. Austin both the loser uh, drops to and three with a six six five ERA this season. Pablo Lopez has pitched really well for the for the Marlins so far, three and one with a one nine eight. The Cubs uh, hitting the ball out of the ballpark last night. David Bodie with a long ball. Javi Baez for the Cubs hit two out at Comerica Park. Uh, playing the Tigers last night, Cubs winners 9-3 in that one. Uh, Twins-Indians in an AL Central clash from last night. Twins getting their 20th win of the season, improving to 20-10. and 10, uh, 3-2 winners over the Tribe. Uh, Rangers and A's last night in Texas. Uh, Texas getting off a, uh, a losing streak and stopping a losing skid. Beating Oakland 3-2. Uh, A's at twenty and ten this season. Lance Lynn improving to four and zero. That's a name I think to watch this week on the trade market. Potentially, the trade deadline is coming up next Monday. It's coming up quick uh, in Major League Baseball. Lance Lynn four and zero with the one five nine ERA has pitched really well so far this year for Texas. Maybe he is in a new uniform by this time next week. Uh, the Brewers stopping a losing skid of their own for two winners in Milwaukee over the Reds. Trevor Bauer his first loss of the season. That's another name I think. Uh, to monitor on the trade market as far as starting pitching is concerned these next few days uh, for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Brewers, again, 4-2 winners in that game. Cardinals uh, pounding the Royals, 9-3 in St. Louis. Jack Flaherty improving to 2-0 with a one nine eight ERA. Astros getting off uh, the Schneid, also stopping a losing skid, uh, taking care of business against Mike Trout and the Angels. Astros 11-4 winners. The Angels not very good, 9-21 here in this short season. Uh Falling on hard times, just they can't seem to get it together as far as fielding a, a competitive team and fielding a winner for, uh, for Mike Trout to get back to the playoffs. He's only played in the playoffs one time in his career. Uh, again, falling last night to Houston 11-4. to And in your final game last night, uh, Rockies getting the better of the Diamondbacks in Arizona, 3-2 winners for Colorado, improving to 14-15. Uh, right on the cusp of the uh, National League playoff picture at the moment would be Colorado. Uh, winners in that game, again, 3-2 over the Diamondbacks. And I know you have a look at what's coming up tonight on the Diamond for Major League Baseball with a look at the games here on Tuesday.
2: Hey, Ben, before we do that, let me ask yes. you this. Would you say that uh, Joe Madden, this Angels group, probably the most disappointing team in all of Major League Baseball, as you mentioned, 9-21 and record right now. Now, you've got Anthony Rendon, you've got Otani, you've, got, you've had Trout, but you don't have him now. But you've had a team... That has been, and some guys have been injured, so we can give them a little leeway on that. But 9-21 and in four and a half weeks, their playoff odds have gone from 57.4 down to 7.7%. And, of course, no Mike Trout, a big reason because of that. But is this the team you look at and say the most disappointed would be the Angels? Because I never expected to see this kind of poor performance from this team that I had such high hopes for.
3: I thought they would be better than 9-21, and and I think a lot of people... Uh, around the organization, I'm sure with Joe Madden coming in at the helm now, uh, thought that they would they would be a lot better, probably flirting at least with 500, uh, and maybe a potential playoff berth, especially with the expanded playoffs that you're going to get this year. I think a lot of it boils down to, as it often has with um, with Anaheim, is is pitching and especially starting pitching. Um, Dylan Bundy's been really good for for them. Has a 2.58. Is three and two in a couple of starts. Uh, former Baltimore Orioles prospect um, who kind of fell on hard times with the O's and has now landed in Anaheim and has thrown the ball well. But if you look on down the list, Andrew Haney to- toting around a five five two ERA, Griffin Canning a 4-8-8, uh, Patrick Sandoval is 0-4 in five games started with a 6-7-5, and then Julio Tehran, former Brave, he was a new addition this year. And I know they were hopeful that Julio could kind of turn the clock back a little bit, pitching in a bigger ballpark than he was in Atlanta. and. And, and throw the ball well for Anaheim. He's been moved to the bullpen, I believe, and has a 10 8 right now as far as an ERA. So the team ERA is high. Um, really, that's been the story for the last handful of years as, as Anaheim as they've they've got potential as far as a lineup is concerned. When you factor in Mike Trout, you still have Albert Pujols, albeit an older version of Albert Pujols. Um, but the likes of um, Anthony Rendon joining the team this year, like you just said, uh, Shohei Otani was supposed to pitch and, and do both. Uh, pitch and hit this year but is um, is not able to pitch because um, he just didn't look right in his first couple of starts, and they've shut him down as far as being able to pitch. That was a blow to the rotation. It comes down to pitching for those guys, and until they get that figured out, I don't think they're really going to go anywhere in what can be between the Astros and the A's a very tough
2: AL West. You're exactly right. Of course, the ESPN's Buster Only has said this week that executives – are talking about the trade talk increasing significantly around Major League Baseball with just a week before the deadline. So we'll keep our eye on that. Another thing I want to bring up is Mike Trout, uh, speaking of the Angels, he was talking about the situation that he has been shocked. He said you might definitely be shocked. He said when he heard that his signed rookie card recently sold for almost $4 million. Ben and I don't have that card, which we did. Maybe I should have kept that one, Mike Trout said. It's pretty its pretty incredible that a cardboard picture of me is worth that much. It's pretty humbling. Man, that's one card we all wish we had. Uh, today's scoreboard uh, and lineup looks like this. It's going to be the Angels at the Astros, Minute Maid Park, Houston, Texas. The site, Houston, minus 143. And this one, over under eight. Jose Suarez gets the ball for the Angels, 0-1 on the year. Christian Javier, 2 and 1, 3.55 ERA goes for Houston. 5 10 will be the Marlins at the Metropolitans. Uh, City Field, New York, 84 degrees there. And no pitching matchups to speak of right now. Marlins 12 and 11, 11 6 away. The Mets 12 and 14, 5 and 7 at City Field. It's the Phillies at the world champion Washington Nationals. Jake Arietta goes for Philadelphia, 4.95, 1 and 3. Disappointed so far on the year. Eric Fetty for Washington gets the ball 1-1, 2.55. In this game, Phillies favored, minus 126 over under 10.5. The current weather, 85 degrees at Nationals Park in Washington. six it'll be the Red Sox at the Blue Jays. The Red Sox, disappointing, 9-20, another team very disappointing. This one at Salem Field, Buffalo, New York, as the Blue Jays, Will host the Red Sox 14 and 3 are the Blue Jays, despite no home field to speak of. Toronto favored in this one, minus 124. Over under 11 and a half. Kyle Hart gets the ball for Boston. He's 0 1 on the year. Chase Anderson for Toronto, 0 2.79 ERA. It's the Baltimore Orioles who've been playing some very good baseball, 14 and 14, 8 and 1 on the road. Against the Tampa Bay Rays, 19-11, 10-5. One of the best small market teams in all of baseball. The Rays just get the most out of every player. Uh, Tampa Bay minus 120, uh, 220 in this game. Over-unders, 8. Tommy Malone gets the ball, 1-3. and three For the Orioles, Tyler Glass now goes for Tampa Bay, 0-1. Those Angels we just talked about, 9-21, and 4-12 and away. They lose at home. They lose on the road. They're equal opportunity losing. Uh, as far as losing goes, and it's the Astros 16-13, and 11-4 and four at home, banging the drum for them. Tonight, uh, Houston, of course, uh, 7.05 is the start. Minute uh, Maid Park in Houston, uh, weather 82 degrees, looks great there. Houston minus 174 in this one, over under 8. Julio Terran, the former uh, Atlanta Brave member, 0-2 in the year, 10.38, undecided so far for Houston on the pitching front. It's the Yankees at the Braves of Ben Maitland. This game will be at, as he said, Truest Park, Cumberland, Georgia. Right now, 72 degrees and shower activity. Don't know if this is going to rain out or not. Uh, New York favored, minus 200 over under 9 on this one. Yankees 16 and 9, 6 and 6 away. The Braves of Ben Maitland, 16 and 12, 10 and 4 at home, playing really well at Truest Park. Garrett Cole could stop all that, 4-0 in the year, uh, trying to go towards a Cy Young, 2.75. He's been virtually unhittable so far. Atlanta does not have a pitcher record right now. In this one so far, it'll be the Twins 7 10 tonight taking on the Indians. This one, Progressive Field in Cleveland, Ohio. Rich Hill, former Dodger, gets the ball from Minnesota against Shane Bieber, who's 5 0, another Cy Young contender. This guy's been amazing. 1.11 ERA. He's the odds on favorite there to win the Cy Young there. Cleveland favored minus 170 over under 7.5 at Progressive Field. also, the Cubs take on the Tigers at Comerica Park. Uh, 78 degrees right now, not a cloud in the sky. The Cubs uh, in this one favored minus 136, over under 9.5. Tyler Chatwood gets the ball for the Cubs, and Spencer Turnbull gets the ball for the Tigers. It'll be the Athletics and Rangers. This one at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, as the Athletics 20-10 playing great baseball against the Rangers 11-17, 8-6, Oakland is favored in this one, minus 160, over under 8.5. Shaw Manea goes for Oakland. Kyle Gibson gets the ball for Texas. It will be the Pirates and White Sox, guaranteed rate field. Chicago, Illinois is the White Sox, favored minus 240 in this one, over under 8.5. Steven Brout for Pittsburgh. Lucas Giolito 2-2 for Chicago. Pirates, White Sox, once again, 8-10 at uh, guaranteed field in Chicago. The Reds take on the Brewers, Miller Park, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. In this one, of course, Milwaukee favored minus 111 over under 8. Luis Castillo gets the ball for Cincinnati. Brandon Woodruff for Milwaukee 1 and 2 on the year. The Mets at the Marlins. This one at City Field. 8 10. Of course, no pitchers of record. We mentioned that. Royals at Cardinals right now. Bush Stadium, 85 and sunny there. Matt Harvey gets the ball for KC. Adam Wainwright, 2 0. Gets the ball for St. Louis. KC at the Cardinals, once again, 8-15. The Mariners and Padres, 9-10. Petco Park, 74 degrees. San Diego, minus 192, over under 8. And this one, Marco Gonzalez for Seattle. Chris Paddock gets the ball for the surprising San Diego Padres, 18-12, 11-4 at home, playing great baseball. Two more games to speak of. The Rockies take on the Diamondbacks. Chase Field, Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona, minus 108, over under nine and 9.5. Hermaine Marquise gets the ball for... Colorado, Alex Young for Arizona. And the final game of the night, the Dodgers of Los Angeles go to Oracle Park in San Francisco to take on the Giants. Julio Urias for the Dodgers, 2-0, 2.74 ERA on the year against Johnny Cueto. 2-0, 4.35 should be a lot of fireworks there. 8-9, 45 start. That one, Dodgers favored, minus 200 over under 9, 60 degrees at Oracle Park. That's going to wrap up our look at the Major League Baseball side of things. We would love to hear from you before we close this out. About a half hour plus to go on the Sports King show. Give us a call 804-327-0888. We'll be right back with more Sports King after these messages.
3: Hi, this is three-time Super Bowl champion number 71,
0: defensive end Charles Mann, and you're listening to the Sports King show live on Sports 106.1. Don't go away. He'll be right back.
3: With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu.
2: Hi, it's the sports king, Jamie King, and I'm here to offer you truly life-changing advice. If you or someone you know suffers from foot pain, don't delay. Take immediate action and visit the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross with two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. I know firsthand he changed my life and totally restored my foot. He will do the same for you. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's The Sports King on Sports 1061.
2: And welcome back, everybody. Final half hour of The Sports King Show. Love to hear from you on this Tuesday, 804 327 0888, as we cover all the top sports stories of the day far and wide. And I want to thank again our sponsors for which we cannot do the program without the nerve company. Never underestimate radical vision. You can reach CEO Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado. Good morning. Once again, Denver go to www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. They do graphics website design of which they do the sports King uh, website as well. Marketing plans. They do it all and they do it at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. Hey, if you're interested, yes, I'm talking to you. In a new car. And who is it? If you're looking for an affordable new car or used car and you're looking to make a change, hey, call our great friends at CMA's Colonial Honda. President and General Manager Tim Cosgrove. What a great guy this guy is. And, of course, you go to his office. You see him pictures with him and Ric Flair. And who doesn't love the nature boy? I mean, you just love the nature boy. Anyway. He has the best car-selling team in the country. They will make it happen for you every single time. That's our friends at CMA Colino Honda. If you need it delivered, they'll do that as well. They're just outstanding people. Speaking of outstanding people, how about our great friend, Dr. Paul Ross? If you have a foot problem of any kind, Dr. Ross and his staff will get you on the road to recovery with offices in both Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland. Join the over 240,000 people. Can't be wrong. I'm one of them who have been seen by the best in the business, Dr. Paul Ross and the Podiatry Center. The Sports King Show features weekly the Ross Rules of Foot Care, heard here on Sports 106.1 to help those in need of foot care advice and assistance. And our great friend, you know him, the former head football coach of Coastal Carolina. He is also the chairman of TD Ameritrade, uh, quite the renaissance man himself, Joe Moglia, and the Joe Moglia Report brought to you by and exclusively by Coastal Carolina University. Listen to the current chairman of TD Ameritrade, who offers insight on life, finance, and sports. Heard here weekly on the Sports King Show, it's the return of the Joe Mowgli report and a situation that we love because Joe gives the best advice on finance and everything else. He is really a true renaissance man in every way, shape, and form. Uh, a lot of college news out there we want to get to. One thing that caught my eye I wanted to pass along is the North Carolina State Wolfpack, they have paused all athletic-related activity after identifying, not good folks, 27 positive cases within the athletic department. The school announced yesterday, not all cases involve student-athletes. NC State did not specify the athletic programs directly affected. Overall, NC State said it has conducted 2,053 tests of student-athletes, coaches, and staff with 30 total positives, a 1.46 positivity rate. That includes 693 new tests with 22 new positives since its previous report about two weeks ago. Last week, NC State announced that all undergraduate courses will be online only starting Monday after discovering that the coronavirus had spread among the student body. On Monday, the university reported three new clusters of the virus, including the one within the athletic department. There are now 14 reported clusters at NC State. The North Carolina Division of Public Health defines a cluster as a minimum of five cases that are deemed close in proximity or location. During his most recent media availability and a call with reporters last week, North Carolina State head football coach Dave Dorn said his players were undergoing weekly testing. He went on to say, kind of expected when the students came back that you're going to have an upswing in the numbers on the campuses, Dorn said. It's more about managing them. We've been testing here every week, and we've been good. We've had more scares than anything. A guy will have a headache, and we'll hold him out until he gets retested, and then he's fine. There's so many things that all symptoms of COVID, so every time a guy has one, you pull him out, you quarantine everybody that's in the tracking area. So we've had more removals, replacements almost a day later because we're getting our testing back really fast. We'll just have to see how it plays out. Every day you kind of bend your knees And be flexible and try to stay as positive as you can and deal with it. And this is the bugaboo that everybody worries about from a coaching standpoint is your players. You know, if a player comes up and says, Coach, I've got a headache. Well, most days you just take headache medicine or a couple pills and maybe an Advil or Uh, you know, something else and try to get yourself back on the road to recovery. Now somebody says, hey, coach, I got a headache. Immediately you have to overreact and get them in a protocol because you don't know if that's something else and there's something underlying there. So you have to be super cautious in this. So this is a situation that you just don't know what to do in many fronts. You're just trying to do the best you can to get through every single day in terms of protecting your players as best you can. And so that's a situation that's ongoing. It's very fluid, and we're going to be on top of this as we try to find out a magic pill, if there is such a thing, that will be coming about, we hope, by the fall. Something to get this situation resolved to where these players and the fans and everybody can get back to the semblance of life that we knew over five months ago. Well, down south, Alabama, and Coach Nick Saban said yesterday he's pushing back on the idea that money is the primary motivating factor in attempting to put on a college football season during the COVID-19 pandemic. Nick Saban was asked after practice about the importance of the sport. He delivered a long and passionate response that touched on school pride, the value of competition, and how things such as high school football games on Friday night become a social center of the community. It does. And I agree with him on that. Now, is it more important than public safety? No, Saban said, I don't think so. Is there a way we can do that and keep people safe? I think a lot of people are trying to do that. If we can do that, I think we can play. If we can't do that, then I think someone will make the decision that maybe we shouldn't play, but I don't think that we should not try. Saban said, though he loves the fans and knows how important it is for them to have a season, there is really about providing an opportunity to the players if they can do it in a safe way. Everybody acts like we want to play for the money, he said. We want to play for the players. I want to play for the players. Now, I'm not saying he's being disingenuous, folks, because I have the utmost respect for Coach Saban, but this is financially between the TV money and the money that Alabama gets in terms of all the coaching and all the things that they get, there's a huge financial component here. So let's not be uh, under any uh, thoughts that it's not a lot of money at stake here. So he said, and went on to say, I look at it as if it's important that we have something or someone, some organizational body who can bring everybody together. See, this is what Saban's saying. That's what the old sports king has said to you many times. We need somebody. Mark Emmert's not going to do it from the NCAA, but we need a commissioner of football, like a Joe Moglia or somebody that has been there and done that and knows business. The reason I say Joe Moglia would be a great consideration for a commissioner, he has no skin in the game, no team in the fight. He isn't coaching anybody anymore. And what has he done? He's been a former head coach at the Division One level, very successful. He's authored a $26 billion deal. In terms of business. So check, check, check. I mean, the guy has business acumen. He has football acumen. He knows what to do and he knows how to lead. And if Joe doesn't make the call, he can get a room full of people that know how to put things in perspective the right way and decide once and for all do we move together forward or do we stay back or do we hold off or do we play or do we not play? I've gone on record saying that, and they're talking about, hey, the preseason polls are coming out. Did you see them? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Of course, Clemson takes the top spot in the AP preseason poll. Of course, you look at that, and uh, you have Ohio State and Alabama behind them. But literally, Ohio State is following them, and you look at it with the preseason number one uh, Clemson in the top AP poll, a poll featuring nine Big Ten and Pac-12 teams. It gives a glimpse of what the coronavirus pandemic has already taken from the uncertain college football season. Ohio State had 1,504 points, was a close second behind Trevor Lawrence and Clemson at 1,520, which starts atop the rankings of the second straight season. The Tigers beat the Buckeyes in a thrilling college football playoff semifinal last season. Alabama is number three. Southeastern Conference rival Georgia is number four in defending Big 12 champion Oklahoma is number five, defending champion LSU is number six. So I'll go through it with you real quick. The 85th edition of the AP rankings will be like none before. When the season starts, if the season starts, the Buckeyes and 53 other bowl subdivision teams will no longer be eligible for inclusion in the top 25 because they have postponed their seasons until the spring, which I think is laughable because everybody said – the top players on those teams are not going to play with the NFL draft and preparation for the draft looming. Why would you play and injure yourself before going to the NFL training aspect and getting ready for the draft? Here is your, I'm going to say, AP top 25 in a perfect world. This is what it would look like, but have to remember now that these teams, many of which aren't even going to be playing. So this is what they say is the AP top 25. 25, it is Tennessee, the Volunteers, 24, Iowa Hawkeyes, 23, Iowa State, the Cyclones coming at 23, the Utes of Utah, 22, UCF, 21. Boy, that is one talented team there. They just keep – that, they're that team, folks. Trust me, you don't want to play. They're that talented, and they can beat you on any given Saturday. Uh, Cincinnati, the Bearcats at 20. Minnesota, rowing the boat for P.J. Fleck at number 19. North Carolina and Mac Brown, this team, circle this team here. If they play North Carolina, Mac Brown has a talented group coming back, and they can make a lot of waves. That's the North Carolina Tar Heels at 18. Of course, teams that won't be playing, USC number 17, Michigan, the Wolverines go blue at number 16, Oklahoma State at number 15, the Longhorns of Texas at number 14, Texas A&M Jimbo Fisher, Ready to make things happen, sitting there nicely at number thirteen. Wisconsin at number twelve, the Auburn Tigers at number eleven, the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame make it into the top ten at number ten. Oregon, and of course the Ducks there at number nine. Florida, the Gators, Dan Mullen, Gingham, going. They have a talented team. They are at number eight. The Nittany Lions of Penn State won't be playing, but they are sitting there at number seven. LSU at number six. And let me speak to LSU and Coach Ogeron. And by the way, good morning to you, Coach Ogeron. We have not heard from you yet. You know I love hearing from you. It makes my day every time I hear a screen. Oh, man, does that make me happy. I'd run through a wall for that guy. The Tigers sitting there at number six. And I have friends there that have been watching and watching practice. Of course, you're not going to replace Joe Burrow and what he did. The numbers he put up were Astronomical. But Miles Brennan, I want you to remember this name, Miles Brennan, because I have it on very good authority. He's going to come in there, and it's not going to be Joe Burrow. It could be Joe Burrow Light, but I think LSU is not going to miss that much, even though the performance wise, you're not going to see the astronomical numbers. I think Brennan's very capable of running and guiding this offense. I think he's going to do great things there. So I don't like the number six. Uh, pick in terms of the AP for them right now. I think they're going to be a much higher selection and I'm not saying they're going to compete for a national championship, but I'm not going to be shocked if they do at number five, it's going to be Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma Sooners. They're there. They received two first place votes. Kirby smart and the Georgia Bulldogs take the number four spot in the proposed AP top 25 poll at number three, Nick Saban and the Alabama crimson tide are there with two first place votes in number three. At number two, Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes of the Ohio State Buckeyes get 21 first place votes. Unfortunately, they are not playing this year. So that is all for not. And number one, Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers with 38 first place votes are the number one team in the land right now through the AP. So when you look at this situation, the Big Ten Ohio State, uh, Penn State, and the Pac-12 home to Oregon canceled their fall sports because of the concerns of the coronavirus. The Mid-American and Mountain West conferences have all said they will try to play spring football. Good luck with that. The SEC, Atlantic Coast Conference, Big 12, American Athletic Conference, USA, and Sunbelt are forging ahead with fall sports with changes. The three remaining Power Five conferences, the SEC, ACC, and Big 12, have eliminated all or most non-conference games and delayed the start of the season from one to three weeks. A race from the college football schedule this year was a host of tantalizing non-conference matchups, including Ohio State at Oregon, that had been a great one. Number 10 Notre Dame versus number 12 Wisconsin at Lambeau Field, not going to happen. Uh, number 14 Texas at LSU, another great game. Number 14 versus number 17, then uh, Southern California against Alabama and Arlington, Texas. And number eleven Auburn versus number eighteen North Carolina in Atlanta, not going to happen. For, Nord, for, more, for now, basically, big conference games such as Ohio State, Michigan, and Washington, Washington State, could still be made up in the spring, albeit without top players. All Division One teams were eligible for the preseason AP Top Twenty Five, but after the season starts, only teams scheduled to play in the fall are eligible. At least seventy-six FBS teams from which to choose. If a spring season is played, the AP will consider doing rankings for those teams, too. But that's going to be so disjointed and so bad, I just don't see it happening. So that's kind of your overall look at the college football landscape right now. AP Top 25, what are your thoughts? 804-327-0888. Where's your team? They're going to be playing, not playing. Should they all play? Should they not play? I do know this. Some folks are saying it's going to be a national championship season regardless, and some people are saying it doesn't matter who doesn't play. I totally disagree. I think it's going to be with an asterisk. How can Ohio State or Penn State, some of these key teams, be left out and you still consider it a national championship when they're on your schedule to play and they don't even get the chance to swing the bat? Just don't agree with it. Going to take a timeout, come back with the Final 15, and your phone calls, 804-327-0888. More Sports King on the way after these messages.
1: Hi, this is Philadelphia Eagles All-Pro running back Brian Westbrook, and you're listening to the Sports King Show on Sports 106.1. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's summer, and this year especially, everyone is looking for a reason to get out of the house. Well, here's a great one, the Honda Summer Clearance Event. Right now, get APR financing as low as 0.9%, plus our lowest prices of the year on remaining new 2019 and 2020 Hondas. And if you can't or don't want to come to our dealership, no problem. We'll bring our dealership to you with CMA's easy purchase. It's simple. Just visit cmacars.com. Select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and tell us where you want your car delivered. Do as much or as little of the buying process as you want. It's entirely up to you. If you'd like to do it all online and you're not sure about something, give us a call and we'll walk you through it. If you have any questions, we're always here to help. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. Visit CMA's ColonialHonda.com. On select models with approved credit through 831-2020
0: sports king nation want to take part in the show here's your chance to call the studio line 804-327-0888 that's 804-327-0888 oh
2: yeah feeling feeling the flow we're going to head back to Sports King headquarters. Our main man, Ben Maitland, has some news and notes. Things you need to know from around the sports world. Take it away, Ben.
3: Sorry, I was just grooving to the music. The return music. Were you music, grooving? Were bit. you
2: in the flow? Were you doing Feeling the bull the dance? The I've got to know. Thank you, Kevin Maitland from
3: Happy Gilmore. I appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, some news that just came down a little while ago. Of course, being a, uh, a Braves fan, the team announced uh, about 15 minutes ago that Ronald Acuna Jr. has been reinstated from the 10-day injured list, which is a, certainly a benefit to the uh, the ball club. I'm sure he'll be back in the leadoff spot tonight when they take on the Yankees. And then also a uh, piece of cool news if you're a Braves fan, uh, a name that you've heard a lot of if you are a fan of the team and if you followed the minor league system the last few seasons, uh, Ian Anderson has been called up to start tonight's game. He is the team's highest-rated pitching prospect. Uh, I've watched tape on the guy a lot. Um, I think the stuff will play at the big league level. He gets a tough task in facing um, what is still, even without a couple of their marquee names, a very talented uh, New York Yankees lineup that will be on the field tonight down in Atlanta. Um, so he gets the ball. Ian Anderson is up. He is a major leaguer scheduled to start tonight's game. And then Ronald Acuna, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. reinstated from the 10-day injured list as well. Um, and some other news from last night. I did mention this earlier when we were running down uh, some of the highlights from Major League Baseball yesterday. I, I mentioned that it's been tough on Anaheim this year, and sitting there with a nine and twenty run, nine and twenty one record for the Angels. Uh, Albert Pujols did make a little bit of history last night. He moved into second place uh, in the career runs batted in leaders in Major League Baseball history, behind Hank Aaron. Aaron leads the list at two thousand two hundred and ninety seven uh, runs batted in for a career. Pujols passed Alex Rodriguez last night with number two thousand. 87 as far as a career runs batted in. Um, runs batted in only became an official statistic back in 1920. So there's a few different ways to look at this. If you're going back just to 1920, Pujols is second on the list to Aaron at 2087 RBI. But if you factor in runs batted in before 1920, Babe Ruth would still be between Aaron and Pujols would be, still be second on the list. So there's a few different ways. There's a caveat there with um Runs batted in not becoming the official stat until 1920. If you're basing it on that, Pujols is second. But if you're basing it before 1920, he'd be third behind Ruth and Aaron. So, that's um, again, kind of a, you know, a different wrinkle to, um. How you would look at the career milestone for for runs batted in right now? Uh, piece of news that caught my earlier before I sent it back to you, Jamie, uh, Adam Stern, who writes for. The um, Sports Business Journal, he's a motorsports reporter for the Sports Business Journal and actually a 2012 VCU graduate here in Richmond. Uh, Some numbers as far as the ratings for Sunday's Indianapolis 500, NBC earned a 2.3 rating and 3.73 million viewers for the Indy 500 on Sunday. That includes streaming options. The comparison to last year, of course, is not direct given that the race was held in May last year as opposed to August. Uh, This year had a lot of competition from the NBA playoffs last year's race garnered a 3.4 rating and 5.4 million viewers as opposed to this year's 2.3 rating and 3.737. So the number's a bit down for the Indy 500. Um, maybe the race being held in August factored in a little bit to that. But um, certainly numbers that are probably disappointing for the folks at, at IMS and probably for NBC as well, not um, garnering the viewership that they thought they were going to get. I'll send it back to you.
2: Thank you so much, Ben. And I uh, just want to Transition to the situation with uh, Redskins' number two pick, Chase Young. Talking about playing for Jack Del Rio, the former linebacker, who was a great one and a coach as well. Uh, Young says, I love playing for Coach Del Rio, told J.P. Finley from Washington yesterday. He said he's one of those guys I don't even have words for. it. He's just a really good coach. I'm excited to play for him. Del Rio has a track record for turning good pass rushers in the great ones, he was the defensive coordinator in Denver when he led uh, Von Miller to his ascension from a high draft pick to a game wrecking star. After leaving Denver 2015 for the head coaching job in Oakland, his team drafted somebody named Khalil Mack, who I think is the best player on the defensive side of football as of last year. He's quickly become one of the best in the sport. Young has earned comparisons to both Von Miller and Khalil Mack. What a comparison! That's quite the company. Another thing going for Chase Young, he's only 21 years of age, the number two pick. He comes with a lot of expectations, often unreasonable. Uh, Basically, he he said, don't get me wrong. Those are still uh, guys that I want to shoot for in terms of playing like them, but he wants to be his own man. Young is set for his first professional season. When I had dinner with him, as I said, the one statement he made to me that really stood out was when I asked him, you know, I'm just so curious by nature. And I said, Hey, what was that like to sign that $36 million contract? And he said, you know what? The main thing about it is the expectation that comes with that, you know, from the fans, the coaches and the fellow teammates. He said, I want to live up to that and be worthy of that. And I thought, man, this guy really gets at 21 years of age. You know, the first thing I was thinking and, if I would have been there in that position was, ah, you're going to be able to buy a big house and you know, it's great for your family and all the great, and that's going to happen for him regardless. But his thoughts turned to how can he be great at the position to earn the lofty praise and to be the guy that's going to turn this franchise around. And he's developing quite a, a one, two combination with Montez sweat. Ryan Kerrigan has been very instrumental in helping him. So we're excited about those guys, helping out because he has a lot of guys there he can pick their brains on. Of course, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis. It's no secret that Jack Del Rio is going to find ways to get young in certain places to be effective, expect a lot of blitzing, a lot of schemes, a lot of uh, various um, aspects where he can disguise him and try to get him to come off of stunts to do all kinds of uh, blitzing. And there's going to be different looks for Chase Young. I expect him to be bounced around, not always in one spot. They're going to try to do what they can to help his athleticism take over. So that's going to be exciting to watch how Jack Del Rio gets there and how they're going to make him as talented as we know he can be in terms of the situation of performance. So that's something we're going to definitely keep our eye on. He is going to be special folks, with a capital S. This kid has so much talent, and it's going to be great to see him, hopefully, in a full-season capacity. We want to let you know in other news on the college football front, Clemson football coach Dabo Swinney. Think about this. He's taking a pay cut, folks. $687,500 pay cut, not what he makes. That's just the pay cut. Uh, he said his salary will be reduced by that amount as a result of cost-cutting measures announced Monday by the university due to the ongoing financial impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. All athletic department employees who make more than 400000 annually, including nine of Swinney's assistant coaches, have voluntarily accepted at least a 10% reduction in compensation. It will begin on September 1st and continue through the remaining 10 months of the fiscal year, which ends June 30th, according to the school. Swinney, who signed a 10-year, $93 million contract extension in April 2019, was scheduled to make about $8.25 million this year, according to the term sheet of his contract. That means he's going to have to slum along and make it, uh, taking a pay cut. And when he loses this 687000 he's only going to be able to take home seven million five hundred. $62,500. Something tells me he's going to be able to just get by if he can. We're going to throw it back to headquarters there. Ben Maitland with more news and notes. Ben?
3: Yes, Jamie. Hello again one more time. I just wanted to throw this out there before we get off the air today and remind the people out there who are listening on Sports 1061 that we are the home of the Carolina Panthers. Um, just wanted to give a quick plug to that, of course. Uh, the season's coming up quick. You've talked a lot about the NFL this morning. Um, some of the news and notes, the goings-on, um, who's doing what, who's where, uh, injuries that have happened. We've mentioned a couple of those this morning as well. But the Panthers are right here, the home of the Panthers here in Richmond, right here on Sports 106.1. Uh, games, of course, scheduled to start September 13th against the Raiders. Um, pre-game coverage should start one hour before kickoff, so I I'm would, assuming and guessing I haven't looked at an exact schedule yet for uh, for Carolina for game one for September 13th against Uh, the newly named Las Vegas Raiders, but I believe coverage would start at 12 uh, with a uh, a 1 o'clock kickoff. I believe that is the case. Panther Talk, if you're a Panthers fan, uh, runs Monday nights here at 6 o'clock on Sports 1061, and then we'll have Panther updates every day just before 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. And, of course, we are also the home of the Alabama Crimson Tide um, for college football if you're a Bama fan. Uh, Of course, going to be playing stout competition in the SEC if they get the season in this fall. Their game's scheduled to start September 26th. Uh, The Coaches Show with Nick Saban runs here on Sports 106.1 Thursday nights at 7.30. And then Tide Rewind starting September 7th, Monday nights at 7 o'clock here on Sports 106.1 as well. Home of the Panthers and home of the Crimson Tide.
2: Of course, Eli Gold on the call there, Ben. And you know Eli does NASCAR, he does Bama, this guy is quite the broadcaster.
3: Yes, he is. I, I think he's been away from the racing side of things for a while, but he did great work with Motor Racing Network for a long time. Uh, back when the Nashville Network was a thing, I remember that as a kid. Yes, yes. Um, He was great with those guys, too, and, of course, is, uh, is very good uh, as the voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide and has the golden pipes, that's for sure. So, yeah, again, yes, he does. home of the Panthers, home of the Tide, and just wanted to give those, those two a quick plug before we thank you wrapped so, up. Thank
2: you so much, Ben. And I will say this about this Panther group. I'm telling you right now, fans, of Sports 106.1, Matt Rules, the coach. I'm excited about Teddy Bridgewater. He's got uh, Christian McCaffrey. This offense, and I'm not saying defensively, they're going to be solid, but uh, offensively, they're going to put up a lot of points. That's another team you you need to watch. Teddy Bridgewater, 5-0 last year with New Orleans. He's going to do great things, I feel, in this Matt Rule offense. I think it's going to be a surprising team. Watch the Panthers. They could just surprise you. And as Ben said, we'll have them here on Sports 106.1. Real quick before I let you go. Of course, there are among uh, basically all of the active coronavirus cases among the 2,500 players, a total of 111 players have been placed on the COVID-19 list over the past 28 days. So we're going to be monitoring that situation. Of course, a lot of the false positives, but we're hoping to get to the bottom of it. And thankfully, the 77 players with the false positives, they were able to figure that out. And we want to make sure that's in the past before the season starts. So we don't have any of this in any cancellations. That is going to wrap up today's edition the tuesday edition of the sports king show my thanks to ben maitland and kim who's sitting by his side learning everything and doing a great job back at the headquarters and most of all we want to thank you of course facebook live as well as everybody listening on sports 1061 don't forget tomorrow it's going to be the sports king on the wednesday edition jim uh jim roma is next and of course it all starts every morning with big al phone uh, a sports phone show at uh, 8 to 10 we'll be right back. Uh, After these messages with Jim Rome, and we'll see you tomorrow on another edition of the Sports King Show.